think of an ovarian cyst as a fluid-filled sac on or in your ovary, and sometimes that sac can also contain a little tissue. Hey guys, before we start this week's episode, I would like to relay a trigger warning as some of the material mentioned in this week's podcast may be sensitive and triggering for any of those who has gone through the battle with ovarian cysts. Now, as far as the numbness, I don't think that has anything to do with her ovarian cysts. That's just really good sex, girl. <laughs> like, that says, I can't feel my face sex. Welcome to another episode of Period Sis. I'm your host, Mandy B. Before we start this week's episode, do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I am excited to have this conversation because she decided to open up to me after the release of this podcast and expressed how much she wanted to share her journey with ovarian cysts. As a woman, something else that I have not experienced, but to know the hundreds of thousands of, of women who have all over the country and all over the world, it was very interesting to hear like, what she experienced, surgery, and battling with it over the past few years. It just shows how strong we are because this is a good one and I would love for you guys to join me in this conversation with Kiki. Without further ado, here we go. Ladies and maybe gentlemen, it is another episode of Period Sis, a tale of womanhood for women by women. So I am so excited to be having this episode. Um, I'm sharing it with a friend that I would consider someone I met through the Horrible Decisions podcast and also just her being in the same space. Kiki from the Kinks with Kiki podcast is joining me today. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> so she actually reached out to me to share her story, um, which has been amazing, in which I've been getting a lot of emails and people reaching out stories about things that I have no idea what it's like to go through. This episode is about ovarian cysts. Kiki has had quite the journey with those. I guess before we, we begin... Is this different from PCOS at all, or is it kind of the same? Is is this what that's considered? I know we just had an episode on PCOS. Right. So I went to, over the course of my issue with ovarian cysts, I went to three gynecologists. I went to okay. my gyno that I've been to for years. Like she was like my childhood, well, my teenage gyno, like young adulthood, and she said it was just an ovarian cyst. I had another doctor in between who said it was PCOS, but then mm. I had another doctor who was like, no, it's just ovarian cyst. It's just like a one-time thing. Like, I don't understand where he got PCOS from, but for my situation, it was just, I would have these, like these little spurts with an ovarian cyst. Okay. And I guess for the the women listening, like myself, who may not have experienced this and are like, well, what is an ovarian cyst? So an ovarian cyst is actually a fluid-filled sac or pockets in or on the surface of your ovary. Going into how you went to all of these multiple doctors, what were some of the symptoms that you had that was like, okay, I need to get this checked at the doctor? So it was 2007. I was probably like, I was 19 because I hadn't turned 20 yet. So it was 2007 and I was out of school for the summer and I was going back to school in August. I just started having 
this severe pain in like the lower left side of my stomach. Couldn't explain it, never experienced it before, but my periods were normal. So I didn't know what to think of it. So eventually it got to the point where I couldn't handle the pain. And I you brought went, up your you brought up your periods though. What was this pain happening while you were on your cycle or just out the blue it would come? It was out of the blue. Like okay. because I know like a lot of women who have PCOS, they have really irregular periods. Right. And that wasn't the case. I did have like an issue with that, but I'll go into that like as I go further into the story. Okay. So I had it was like just sharp pain. And it got to the point where it was completely unbearable and I had to go to my OBGYN. So, well, my, my GYN, not OB, but so I went to her, she did an ultrasound and she found the cyst and the cyst was probably like the size of a Tic Tac, but it was causing me so much pain. Like I couldn't tolerate it. So she told me my only option was to have it removed. Okay. And which, which, what were your thoughts on there? Did you, I mean, did you ask about the the surgery? Did you ask if it would be painful, the risks? Um, I did. Okay. Um, because I was so young, my mom was with me. Like, I think I was, I had to be like a sophomore, junior in college. So it was, I was really young and my mom wasn't, you know, she was like, no, this is pretty serious. I'm going to be there with you. So she's explaining to me that the surgery is laparoscopic. She's like, oh, we're just going to go through your belly button And we're going to put like two cuts in your pelvic area. It's going to be a one-two procedure and you'll be fine. It's minimal at best. And your recovery time will probably be about four weeks. So I'm like, okay, that works. I'm young and I still have like six weeks until I go back to school. So I'm cool. Right. So I had the surgery in, I want to say maybe like the end of July. And I had like maybe three weeks before I had to go back to school. So I was like, this is fine. So I recovered the first week. It was it was rough. I'm not gonna lie. Like um, my first night, I couldn't pee. I was in Ugh. so much pain. Like my bladder was filling up so much. Like I'm literally like in my parents' house, like screaming. So they. Oh wait. So after the surgery, you actually are able to go home. You don't yes. stay overnight. It was, like in the a, it was a um a outpatient surgery. I was there in the morning. They did the procedure, and then I checked out later on the afternoon. Okay. Yeah. So it was supposed to be something simple, but it became this whole thing like a week after everything happened. So I was in so much pain from like, I mean, it's even though they're small cuts, they're still cuts and it hurts to have your body cut through. So I was in pain from that, but it wasn't to the point where I couldn't tolerate it. It was just, I couldn't pee. And it hurt to like that pressure and trying to push. It just hurt. And I like eventually just stopped trying. But so then, it was worse than a UTI? Because I feel like a lot of us have gone through UTIs where we yeah. feel like we have to piss, but we can't. It was definitely worse than a UTI. It it, okay. to, I ended up going back to the ER the same day I was released from that same hospital. That oh, night. wow. Yeah. And I was crying. I'm like, I can't pee. I can't walk. Like the anesthesia had me sick. So they ended up giving me a catheter and I went through three bags of urine <laughs> because Holy I could not shit. pee. So I was just on a catheter for like four hours. And then eventually like it just emptied slowly and I was back to normal. So that made it okay. So like that first week I'm like, okay, I can pee now. I guess it was just the first night I had to really get through it. And I did. And then like two weeks later I go to school and I don't feel well. And I'm like, I'm in school. It's like the first day of school. I'm like, I 
something feels off. I still had my stitches because this is when they were doing stitches because it was 07. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I call my doctor and I'm like, my stitches are red and they're like inflamed. And she's like, you need to come to the doctor, like the office ASAP. So I drove home to go to the doctor. I find out my stitches are infected. Oh no. So not only are my stitches. And so, and they, these weren't the stitches that were supposed to fall out. You were supposed to go get them removed I was or to go get them removed. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I wasn't in my, like, it wasn't time to get them removed yet. Okay. But I was having so much pain in like my incision sites. I'm like, something can't be right. And they shouldn't be this red and swollen. So she removes the stitches and now like I have an infection. And this is all from the surgery. The cyst is gone. So now I have like my stomach because I was cut under my belly button. Like my entire stomach is like red and swollen underneath, like near my pelvic area. And there was nothing they could do about it. It was like a botched surgery. So eventually my stomach turned black. So it was like everything in that area was bleeding. Excuse me? Yes. (laughs) They And so so what, I mean... At this point, I assume did they take you into another emergency surgery? Like, no. what, how do you get how do you get rid of an infection? I mean, I'm sure that it was in the blood, right? I was. They put me on. I was on antibiotics. Antibiotics. Yep. Gotcha. Because it wasn't severe. I guess because I caught it early enough, it wasn't severe enough where it was like, okay, we got to do surgery. We don't want her to go septic. So my stomach still turned black. My stomach was black for four months. And oh, nobody no, ma'am. Could, yeah. And nobody could explain what it was and why it happened. And I'm guessing it was just something she did wrong. I don't know if they didn't sterilize properly or clean properly, but I dealt with like stomach pain and a black stomach for four months. I couldn't get out of the bed. My roommate had to help me out of the bed. My best friend who, thank God, she was one of my roommates in college, had to help me shower. And this was all from the surgery. Oh, wow. I would have rather just kept the cyst if I knew that this was going to happen. So you are cyst free. However, you are dealing now with an infection or the aftermath of an infection. What then happened? So moving forward, I, I know I know you said you ended up actually getting another one. Yeah, right. So this was in 2007 and they just went away. Like after that, after I recovered, after the um, surgery, I had no more cysts for about three years. So around 2010, I started having the same pain again. Oh no. And I was like, oh fuck, here we go. By by the way, and I'll, I'll talk about this after the, after the fact and stats are fat, um, the, the stats and facts at the end of this episode, but what you guys are listening and what Kiki experienced, the crazy thing about ovarian cysts is even when you look at it, when you look it up, there is very little that you can do to prevent them. Right. And the only thing that you can do to even know you have them is literally go to your doctor. Right. So Kiki, you start feeling these same pains that, you know, are reminiscent of how you felt with the first ovarian cyst. Right. So because I was familiar with the pain and it was on the exact same side, so it was my left ovary again, I went to, because what happened with my last OB, I left her. Like, I was like, I'm never coming back. Of course, I would too. Yeah. So by this time I graduated college and I was like in my hometown working and just trying to like figure shit out because it was like a recession. 
And I started having the pain and I'm like, okay, I know what this is. Let me find a GYN that I can go to and they can tell me what's next. So I go and this he's a great GYN. I loved him. And he was like, you have a cyst the size of a grapefruit. We have to remove Whoa. Yeah. It Wait, was, so the first one caused you all of that pain and was the size of a Tic Tac. And this was the size of a grapefruit. Of a grapefruit. Oh, wow. Point, so was it, it? So it was almost like, OK, this is we need to take this out immediately. Yes. So when he did like a vaginal ultrasound, so he did like just a, a traditional ultrasound and he saw it, but he wanted to get like a better look at it. So he did a vaginal and you could literally feel it. I had no idea that it was there the entire time until I started hurting. So when he moved like the instrument around and started pressing in the area, I could physically feel the cyst. Because wow. that's how big it was. So it that was on a Monday. He was like, you need to come back ASAP. So I did my pre-op on Tuesday. They removed it on Wednesday. Oh, wow. It was that fast because he was like, we're afraid that it's going to burst on you. And we don't want to take that chance. And this wasn't even the cyst that burst. So it was. So so you, you have now had two surgeries, um, two ovarian cysts yeah. all before about 23 years old. Before 23 years old. Yeah, in 2000, it was May 2010. So I was turning 23. So I was 22 when that happened. And so do you know if there is genetically some tie to ovarian cysts in your family? Is that something that you know can be genetic? I honestly don't know. know? Genuinely, if there's a tie, then none of the women in my family knew that they had it. That's the only thing I can think of because I've never heard anyone else in my family have this issue but me. My mom has fibroids and has had them since I can remember, but she's never had an issue with ovarian cysts. Like even through fibroids, she was still able to get pregnant and like have me, but her other pregnancies, when she got into her thirties, she lost all three babies because she was having issues with her fibroids. Uh, So and, and once we get past um, your experience with the third cyst, I definitely would like to kind of touch on if there has been any, you know, conversations regarding fertility now since you keep getting the cysts on your ovaries. Um, I guess post second surgery, what was the conversation? Was there anything in which they told you, you know, hey, we may want to go about doing this to to see if we can I just know it's not, it's, it's kind of not preventative. No. So were you just thinking, oh my God, am I going to go through this every three years? Like what was your thought process after a second surgery, removing a second ovarian cyst? I, I was super paranoid because that's exactly where my mind went. I'm like, okay, so this right. happened in 07. It happened in 010, like 010, 2010. I'm like, this is going <laughs> to happen in 2013. Like I was freaking out. So they, the doctor did tell me, he was like, if this becomes a consistent issue, and you're having cysts to the degree of this size, like we may have to remove your left ovary. So I started freaking out because I don't have kids. I still don't have kids. And I'm like, at 23, that's not what you want to hear. Right. Because you don't know you. if you want to family plan anytime soon. I mean, 23 for sure is a very young age to right. be risking the possible chance of, you know, fertility issues. Exactly. So I was freaking out over that, but he said, let's just monitor it and see how it goes. So the surgery went so well, like they didn't do stitches. They did like the surgical glue 
And okay. like, I literally recovered in like a week. I was fine. Like at the day of the surgery, I wasn't in pain. Like a week later, I was back at work. That's how simple his surgery went. I don't know what the hell was going on <laughs> with that other one <laughs> <laughs> with my other GYN, but she, yeah, he, what he did, he did what he had to do. And I was fine. A year later, it happens again. Oh no. It was <laughs> one year later, not one, three, not three. So now I'm 24. <laughs> And the fact that you could even laugh about this girl, because maybe it's because I'm like, it's almost a was literally like over a decade ago. So I'm like, I've gotten over it, but it was, it's funny. I can laugh at it now, but at the time it was just like, I'm so tired of this. Like I was stressed. My parents were stressed. Friends are stressed. I'm sure. So you, it's a year later and you have another one. I have another one and it burst on me in the middle of the night when I was living with my parents, like I Wait, was just, okay. What, what, what is, what is it bursting? Like ex- explain that to me and mind you y'all listening that want to keep having me bring professionals on. There is a difference in going through these experiences um, aside from explaining it medically. Absolutely. So this is, this is the, the real gist of our journey and how we go about things. And so Kiki, can you explain what it felt like and how you knew it burst. And can you walk us through that night? Okay. So I was asleep, was like, just literally just asleep. It was like the middle of the night. I was still young as hell because I know I was living with my parents and I just got this wave of pain, like to the point where it was unbearable. And I'm like, knocking on the wall because I literally couldn't get up to go tell my parents like something's wrong. I need to go to the hospital. Like, and I guess, thank God my father is a light sleeper. He heard me and I'm in the room, like bawling, crying. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. Like my dad had to literally carry me to the car. I'm in the back seat, laying down, crying as they're taking me to the hospital. So we get to the hospital, they do an ultrasound And they said the only thing that they can think of is that a cyst burst because there was so much fluid on my uterus. They couldn't see anything on the ultrasound. Holy shit. Yeah, it was it was awful. Wait, Um, so so they're literally looking and they're just seeing fluid, but they don't see a cyst. But they're like, we think that this is what happened because of my history. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. So it was. Like the, and they showed me the entire ultrasound was black. You couldn't see ovaries. You couldn't see uterus. You couldn't see anything. And they said, we can't get a clear picture because you have fluid in that area. And the fluid just has to naturally pass on its own. It's just like a thing that the body does. So I was in the hospital overnight and by the time like that morning it had cleared. So they were able to check like my uterus, my uterus was intact. My ovaries, my left ovary was swollen. So that's when they said it probably was your left ovary and it was an issue. Which the left ovary is the one that had been giving you all the issues with the cysts. Over the last three to four years. Exactly. Right. So they said it wasn't anything that they could do and that thankfully it burst and it didn't cause issues or it didn't cause any bleeding or any damage to the ovary. And they just sent me on my way. (laughs) As crazy as it sounds. So you had, you've now experienced three ovarian cysts, uh, again, in your early 20s. Yes. Did you continue um, checkups with fertility after experiencing this? Like, what was your immediate um, thought process as far as 
keeping up with your your health down below, like, you know, making sure everything was okay over the, the last, I would say, what, now seven years since yeah. that happened? Six, seven years? Right. So I was going to, like, you know how you do, like, a yearly physical where you get, like, your pap and everything? Sure do. Yup. <laughs> I'll be like, go ahead and test me for everything. Exactly. <laughs> so they were doing that every six months for me just to, you know, okay. to, to make sure there were no cysts that, like, tried to pop up. At first it was every three months, then it was every six, and then it became every year. And the thing is, after that last cyst burst, I never had another ovarian cyst. Oh, yeah. So that was 24 and I'm 32. I'll be 33 in October. Never had another one. And there is, I mean, do you still have the anxiety or fear that, you know, shit, it still may not be over? I do. You know, okay. (laughs) I do. Every time I ovulate, I'm like, is that ovulation pain or is it like a cyst that I don't know? (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. And like, you're now able to tell the difference though, right? Between a period cramp and the cramp that could be caused by a cyst. I am. Um, the last OB that I went to, because I had three greats, it was the, well, it was two greats and the awful one. She explained to me, like she said, ovarian cysts, like you said, you can't predict it. You can't prevent it, but you can do things to try to like, lower your chances of getting them. Let's talk about it. Okay. And and what does she give you for those? So for a year, I think I was 26 at the time for a year, I gave up sugar. I gave up carbs. I gave up life. Basically. I was was about to say (laughs) that she was eating air. (laughs) You got to eat air and okay, keep going. My, like my ovarian cysts were, it was hormonal and I'm insulin resistant. So she was like, you need to figure out how, like, you need to regulate your blood sugar levels naturally, but you don't want to throw them out of whack because your insulin isn't going to help your hormonal promotion the way it should. So I gave up oatmeal and apples and bananas. Like I live, even the healthy. I ones. mean, you know what? Oatmeal, <laughs> you could have it. I could have gave that up. I, I ain't even going. That was hard for me because that was like my go-to breakfast. Like I would put oats in my smoothies. She was like, no, nope, you got to give all that up. Like. Anything so you, gave up, you gave up sugars, you gave up carbs, and you did that for a year. Were there any other tips that she she gave you as well to kind of be used as a preventative measure? She told me because I was insulin resistant that I just had to be mindful of sugars and carbs like going forward. That was just going to have to be my go-to because that was the only way I was going to be able to regulate my hormones naturally without having to take like birth control. I was like, I don't want to be on birth control my whole life. Cause I do want kids eventually. She was like, well, right. this is your go-to. So I did that for a year. It completely regulated my periods. Never had another ovarian cyst. I can literally count. Well, not now because of stress, but at that time I could like count down my period by the second. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I, regularly. I, I was, I was on that too. And then, um, <laughs> I mean, this month I came nine days early, so I was doing the Googles and all that shit. Like, what the hell? Right. I was two um, days late this month. So I was like, see? I know I'm not pregnant. So what the hell? And that's when the paranoia sits in. I'm like, oh shit, is this a possible cyst coming back? But eventually wait, it came. Wait, so, is it, so are you like almost in a state of paranoia damn near every month? Not every I mean, month. Like when okay. it's late and I know like normally my period is late because of stress. I just moved back to New York three weeks ago. So I know right. that had that played a big like factor in my stress because I was trying to move 
and like driving from North Carolina back to New York. It was just a lot of shit, a new job. So I figured that was the reason because last month it was perfectly fine. It was literally down to the second. Okay, not down to the second, girl. Come on, not down. down, Okay, not down to the second. So, something I like to do normally before I let my guests go, if anyone is listening to this and maybe is like, "Hmm, I've been feeling these pains," I, you know, shit, this is something I may be experiencing. I want you to a give advice to someone who may not have been checked yet, and just kind of as you were prior to getting diagnosed, kind of what was going in your mind before then and what advice you have for someone. And then also, if you could also share advice for anyone who's experienced an ovarian cyst and fears infertility or fears getting it again, what kind of advice you have for them as well? Okay. So if you have pain and you're not really sure, especially if it's in like your lower abdomen region, like by your pelvic area, don't neglect it. Um, Mm. if you are familiar, if you cramp while you ovulate, which I know a lot of us do, if you know that this is outside of that type of cramping, my initial like advice is always going to be go get checked out because you never know. It might not be anything, but that peace of mind and just knowing that you got checked to see if anything was wrong is way better than you just holding out to see if it'll like subside on its own. So definitely get checked out. Like, don't even hesitate about it. Just do it for your own peace of mind and for the, like your health sake. For sure. And then for anyone who has experienced it and may be experiencing the anxiety and paranoia that you too have experienced over the last few years, um, what advice would you give to them? My advice would be to not let it mess with you mentally and think that something's going to happen with your fertility, especially if you haven't been diagnosed. Like if you were like in my situation where it was just a sporadic ovarian cyst every like two, three years, I wouldn't say don't let that like fool you into thinking that you may have fertility issues because I genuinely don't think that's the case. Um, and if you have had cysts and you have been working with like an OB, well, a GYN, I would say, Ask about insulin resistance. Ask if this is like a potentially hormonal, because most of the time with the variance is it's hormonal. So I would gotcha. ask if it's a hormonal issue. And if it is, we all know there's no cure for PCOS. The main thing every doctor always told me was weight loss. And as bad as I hate to admit it, she was right. Because when I gave up everything and I did lose the weight and I got back down to like a normal size, like my normal size, which was like 140. I never had the issue again. Right. It just went away entirely. So I would say ask about you being potentially insulin resistant. And if you are like talk about a natural approach or ask about like, I know metformin is a medicine that a lot of um, women who have PCOS take. I was on it to regulate my periods. It can also get you pregnant. So be very careful because you will ovulate when you take it. Yeah. So whatever that is, I don't want that. Keep that away from me. (laughs) If you're insulin resistant and you're taking metformin, it's going to regulate your insulin. So then Mm. it regulates your hormones. The next minute you know you're ovulating and you're pregnant and you don't know how the hell it happened. Girl, well, we know how the pregnancy happened. We know how it happened, but we know how it happened. When you have like irregular periods and you are told that you don't ovulate, you really do like you you low key get a little reckless. Like I was was about to say, you risk it all. You risk it all. all. Like I was risking it all. I'm like, well, 
my periods aren't regulated right now and I'm not even ovulating. I'm not going to get pregnant. But if you jump on metformin with that same mentality, I guarantee you'll be pregnant by the end of the year. So ask about, ask your doctor about if it's like a potentially like insulin resistant issue. And if metformin is necessary, it's going to make you sick as fuck. I would say no. So I would say ask about natural approaches and they're probably going to tell you like diet and exercise is going to regulate it, which is it's accurate as fuck. It really is. I think the diet and exercise is actually like, you know, oh, what a lot of doctors tell you with a lot of things. I mean, it's clearly, you know, I want it all. It really is. I mean, just be a healthy weight. And that doesn't mean you have to be skinny right. either, which is a crazy thing. It's just a healthy weight. Exactly. Um, it's funny because if you guys are familiar with Kiki's podcast, this is her in a completely different light. It is. So Kiki, <laughs> thank you for opening up and sharing your story with my audience. Also, if you can go ahead and let my listeners know where they can find you and kind of what they can expect from your podcast. Okay. Uh, well, you guys can find me um, on Instagram, Kinks with Kiki podcast. I'm also probably somewhere on Twitter, mail bashing at Kinks with Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas ain't shit. No. I mean, I'm, girl, that's another day. You know, <laughs> but another yeah, day. I, my podcast is currently bi-weekly. Every um, two weeks, I will talk about a particular kink. Um, sometimes I'll throw in a vanilla episode where we just like talk about relationships and dating and just the shit that we deal with with the opposite sex and they what they deal with from us or the or the same sex or the same sex or because the same sex, you know. Still- everybody ain't shit okay and I, girl i have an episode coming out we're gonna be talking about how women aren't trash but that's for the future but yeah oh, okay like, all right you know, well every, i yeah go, go ahead and, and they can listen to it wherever they listen to their favorite podcast yeah, or listen apple podcast google spotify iheart like anchor Podbeam, wherever there's a podcast you'll probably find me All right. And I'm going to put that information in the description of this episode. Kiki, thank you so very much for joining me. And everyone stay tuned for some stats and facts. So they're really common. In fact, when a woman has her menstrual cycle, most women will form a small cyst each month. Also, most of them are benign, meaning they're not cancerous. And most people won't have any symptoms. And a lot of times they'll go away on their their, 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 own. This was such an interesting and educating conversation that I had with with Kiki and one of the most um, wild facts about ovarian cysts is that oftentimes you won't even know if you have one Um, something that I read was many functional ovarian cysts won't trigger any symptoms and the vast majority of the time they go away on their own Um, In case you were wondering, follicle cysts don't often cause any changes to your menstrual cycle, though you might experience some bleeding if you have a corpus luteum cyst. Um, That's another thing. There's so many different types of cysts. Um, and, And again, I'm sure Kiki's experience is not unique. And there are many other women who have experienced it. Again, I think I even mentioned only hundreds of thousands maybe experiencing it, but more than 3 million U.S. cases per year happen in women regarding ovarian cysts. So again, guys, if you do feel as though something is just not right in your body, be sure to check with your primary, um, your OBGYN, 
um, and make sure that you are getting the screens that you need to be sure that you catch these, you know, things early. It's very important that we continue to make sure that our body, this complicated vessel of ours, is constantly kept up with and that we are aware of everything that may or may not be acting right anatomically. Um, so anyways, guys, before we get out of here, I want you all to know that the official box owner site, of course, is launched. If you want to stay up to date with all things official box owner, including giveaways, including subscription box, um, news, including joining the, the waiting list. Um, because again, this is an exclusive, um, sort of box. So there is not an unlimited amount or supply. Once they are gone, they are gone and you have to wait until we add openings up for the subscription. Again, I am just excited and beyond blessed that a lot of you guys have continued to support me on my journey, but also as official box owners have been here to learn and grow with me and again, open up. I really hope that these episodes of Period Sis are opening the conversations to you and your family members, your colleagues, and of course, your friends, them girls in the group chat. Go ahead and have these conversations. Um, it could save a life. It could save yours. Um, it's just, again, very important to normalize these conversations. And I appreciate you guys for joining me every Monday and or Wednesday or whenever I drop these episodes for y'all to listen. Guys, once again, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And go ahead and give me five stars. Go ahead. Also, be sure to check me out every Monday as one half of the Horrible Decisions podcast and every Tuesday as one third of the See The Thing Is podcast with my girls Bridget Kelly and Olivia Dope. Again, guys, this has been another episode of Periodsis. Peace.